Thank you so much for being in Utopia. It's a real pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me, Justin. Now, we hear a lot about just how powerful mobile money is, and particularly in a Kenyan, but also a wider African context. Uh, so in terms of our conference today, what can you tell us about that? Why do we keep hearing about this? Why is it so powerful? Mobile money started about eight years ago. That was in 2007. Mm -hmm. And when mobile money started, no one knew what direction it would take. So it turned out to be a a leapfrog um, product that took everyone by surprise. In fact, many of the players, when they started, they hadn't planned enough resources to really take this product to where it wanted to go. So I remember um, in 2007 when both uh, Airtel and Safaricom, which were the two main players in Kenya then, started offering the product. Some of the early offerings were on a payphone unit that uh, was stationed at specific places where people needed to go and deposit some money and then be able to send it and the other person would receive it. But then they realized that wasn't scalable, so they decided to offer this product on the mobile. Yeah, and, and the mobile is and, and the product is basically offered on a SIM card where an application is built. And in the application you'll find uh, things like uh, options to send money, to buy airtime, to pay a bill. And behind that menu there's a lot going on. There's an agent network um, where customers use a service point where they can be able to deposit funds and then be able to withdraw funds when the recipient receives it once it's sent. And there's also a technology behind it, which is very interesting because this is a financial service being offered by a mobile money <laughs> mobile service provider. Yes. So mobile service providers had to figure out how to run a financial system, how to do debits and credits, how to balance, how to reconcile. And beyond the technology and a large distribution network. There was also the regulation. Um, at that time when we started in Kenya, the Central Bank of Kenya uh, didn't have any regulation to uh, you know, govern uh, this kind of service. So they actually issued letters of no objection to allow the mobile money players to go ahead and offer the service. And then later on, they did the regulation, a draft regulation in 2011, and then a second uh, a version in 2013. And now they are enforcing this regulation. So the regulator had to catch up with the mobile money providers. Um, beyond the regulation, the distribution, the technology, most of the uh, players beyond Kenya and across Africa and across the world require that the management of the company and the shareholders to believe in the product because it required a lot of investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It's one of those products that take uh, at least three years to break even because you need to do a lot of upfront investment to the distribution network. You need to pay them commission to be able to serve your customers. You need to market. Uh, being a new product, we needed to really start by educating the customers. What exactly is this? How come my money is saved in a phone? Is it safe? Yes. <laughs> what if I lose my phone? Will, will my money still be, uh, be be okay? So we had lots of those uh, things to, to overcome. And I'm, I'm glad that eight years down the line, a lot of these things have been put together. There's regulation. The customers are aware. They know what to do with their money. And now they're demanding more. <laughs> <laughs> 
now they want to be able to save, they want to be able to borrow, they want to be able to invest, they want to be able to uh, do budgeting for themselves on their phone. And that, of course, is keeping us on our toes as mobile money providers to really figure out how do we take this to the next level. We thought we had um, like exhausted all the opportunities, but then we just realized we just scratched the surface. So there's a lot more that we can do uh, with mobile money. Yeah, that is really fast. And I think what really always has fascinated me about mobile money is that, as you say, it's a leapfrog technology, essentially. Um, And such an all-in-one system has, at best, been patchily available in other parts of the world. Um, What do you think made it so successful in an African and uh, particularly, I know um, Airtel is an Indian company, an Indian context? What made this very successful is at that time the financial access to uh, everyone was was limited. Unless you're in the city where there are banks and the banking halls, if you're in the rural part of Kenya, you have to travel for some time to be able to access a bank. It was very banks are very formal. Um, so why what what made this very successful is that it was really simplified because. Um, You'll find the people in the urban areas, you know, the, the people who have migrated from the rural areas coming to the city to study, to work, uh, are the ones who have money and then they send back to family uh, in the upcountry, in the rural areas, uh, probably children sending money to their parents, uh, husbands sending money to their wives. And before uh, mobile money, they will put money in an envelope and then they give a bus driver to deliver it because the buses will go all the way, the long distance buses. So when mobile money came in, what we needed to do was to say, you know what, you no longer need to put your money in an envelope and send it and wait for eight hours for the bus to come to be able to receive the money. You get the money real time. And we had to think, how do we offer the money real time? We had to build a distribution network. So that uh, rural urban um, connectivity is what led to a big success. The other one was the low penetration of banks uh, and, and, the, and the formality and the bureaucracy for banks also kept m- most of the people uh, in the rural areas uh, away from banks because they were scared of the, you know, the whole uh, process of getting a bank account. Um, beyond the two, um, supportive regulation was one other thing that led to the big success. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, the regulators at that time didn't know how to regulate because it wasn't exactly a bank. So they were not going to give mobile money operators a banking license because that then it's no longer a telecom uh, provider but a bank. And they needed to find a middle ground on how do we continue with this service that customers really like Mm -hmm. and offer it to Kenyans. Supportive regulation was one of the big um, uh, contributors to the success of mobile money in Africa. That's very interesting, and, and it is interesting that, uh, as well, that it's, it is slightly constrained by these um, potential regulations if it does become a fintech company at that yeah. point. Yeah. But at the same time, what is it like to work in an industry that has this platform that can then roll out so many different things? I mean, you mentioned many of the things that yeah. could be developments in the future. What is yeah. that like? It's good fun. Um, every day I receive uh, different ideas from different people. Uh, have you thought of this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Some of them we probably haven't thought about, while other people are already thinking about them. Yeah. So every day is a different day. Um, like very recently in Kenya, there's a disgrace about uh, sport betting, which 
which uh, football club is going to win the English Premier League yes. and uh, people putting their money and they're using their phone to bet uh, and they're using the, the you know to put in the money and receive whatever they want so I mean we wouldn't have thought about that ourselves as mobile money providers but someone out there is looking at an opportunity and coming and saying you know what I want to use the mobile to allow people to spot bait um, other providers have come they said we have lots of money we want to offer credit mm-hmm. to the mobile money wallet mm-hmm. how do we uh, integrate with you to enable customers to borrow and repay the money that they that we have to offer um, other providers have come back to us um, right now many of the Kenyans living abroad want to send money to their to their family on the mobile. Mm-hmm. They don't want to cast someone going into a specific uh, Western Union or MoneyGram uh, outlet to access the money. They want to be able to get the money in their wallet at the comfort of their office or home to be able to make payments or uh, buy airtime or pay school fees or pay for hospital bills. So they come to us and say, we want to integrate with you guys so that the customer can be able to have access to the mobile account. So that uh, keeps us on our toes because <laughs> we all, there's always something new coming up. There's always something evolving. There's always, uh, and right now there's many solar companies coming as well saying, you know what, I have this solar unit, someone who wants to access uh, energy and they cannot be able to pay the full cost upfront, mm-hmm. we are able to give them at a loan and then they pay make small payments over a certain period and eventually they own the solar unit. So lots of opportunity and they keep uh, amazing us uh, how much more uh, can be done with the mobile. Right. Yeah. Now you're based in Kenya these days. Yes. And you, most of your work is done in the Kenyan context. Uh, what I'm wondering about is how far out can this be rolled out? Um, because my sense, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I probably will be, is that it, a rollout of this kind would be, be very dependent on context, how mobile money is received. Have you encountered that in different contexts, mobile money is just not successful for whatever reason? Or have you used different strategies in different cases? What was that like for you? We've had to localize the strategies. Uh, in my previous experience with Vodafone, uh, some of the um, countries where we had to go and and look at what's exactly the opportunity. For instance, Albania and Romania, uh, which are based in Eastern Europe, we, we realize that those two countries receive a lot of money from abroad, from Italy, from Greece, and we had to think the main uh, unique selling point for Vodafone in Albania and Romania will be to allow people to receive money from abroad. Yeah, which is which we had to sort of reorganize our thinking and say for for this specific market, then the key USP or key uh, use case is to allow money coming into the country because, like Albania, it had ten percent of the GDP is remittances. So in that particular case, we had to localize. In other countries like Uganda and and Tanzania. Uh, and uh, especially Mozambique, there was not so much rural urban migration. Right. Yeah, most of the families lived together. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Kenyan context where families were living apart. So in Mozambique, we had to figure out uh, the send money use case wasn't gonna work out. Right. Yeah, we needed to think uh, what else can we do. And surprisingly, uh, by the time I was leaving, uh, the use case that I was working out was paying bills. Mm-hmm. So people were using their phone to pay bills. Um, in other countries like um, 
uh, GRC, I remember one of the key things that the government wanted to do was to pay the, the soldiers and the teachers using the mobile money. So it was a stronger use case than sending money. And they will do that. They will use the mobile money players to offer that. Yeah. So each market had a, had a stronger use case uh, to use, uh, a more preferred use case than the others. But the interesting thing is that these use cases are applicable across the board. Right. There's always someone paying salaries, there's utility bills to be paid, um, there's people who still buy uh, recharges for them to be able to communicate with their phone, um, there's uh, people who want to save, they want to invest, so it's just that the use cases vary at dif- in different degrees depending on the country and the, uh, and the big need that the country has. Wow, that is, that is very interesting actually. Yeah. Uh, do you have time for one more question? Sure. I'm wondering about you. What are you working on with Airtel these days that you're particularly excited about? Or, or where do you think you're going in the future? Um, moving more into the payment space hmm. because there's a lot, especially in an African context, people like to transact in cash. Hmm. Okay. Um, so we're looking at how, and personally, I'm very interested in getting into a very cashless economy as much as possible, making payments, savings, credit, transfers, like really, the government doesn't need to print money anymore. <laughs> That's where I'm headed. And yes. I'm hoping that this should be very soon. Excellent. Well, Topi, thank you so much for coming to speak. This has been such I really appreciate it. Thank you, Justin, for having me. I had a good time. Thank you. All right. I'd like to thank everybody for this podcast. For more interviews, check out our iTunes site by searching LSE Africa Summit Interviews or by going directly to our website, lseafricasummit.com. Thank you very much.